Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Today's Tuesday, June the 14th. I'm Bruce Turner in Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm George Johnson in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm Jeff Zayas in Napa, California. And I'm Robert Taylor in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hello, everyone. I'm Duke Carrico. And on tonight's Tech and Coffee's Android Journal, just how cheap are those modem mods? Microsoft buys LinkedIn. What does that mean? Hey, Apple's WWDC will discuss the announcements. Hey, all of this and much, much more. Good evening, panel. How we doing? Yeah, pretty good. Doing well. Bingo, bingo. Carrot juice. Mmm, carrot juice, yum. Yeah, I got some carrot juice, too. (laughs) Shake it, shake it, shake it, baby. (laughs) Is someone doing the the liquid diet thing? Yeah, yeah, I am. This is day four. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, What's the matter, Robert? No wonder he was almost late to the show. He was yeah. in the John. <laughs> so is this day four? Of eating some, turn it off. Just turn it off. Eating some kettle, eating some kettle corn, you know. <laughs> no. Is this day four of seven? Day four of fourteen? Day four of thirty? Uh, don't know. Um, could be thirty. Not less than seven. Okay, very good, yeah. very good. Uh, my wife and I were talking about, you know, uh, I, I know you've done it several times. I've done it twice. Uh, it's about time to do it again. Are we talking yeah. about fasting? Uh, we're talking about uh, nothing but juices. Let me tell you something I just tried, and you may have seen it, but XSplit, which I use and Duke uses for producing the show, they released a new version today, 2.8, and along with every, all the good stuff that it already has, they have a, a plug-in now for doing Facebook Live. Hmm. So I just did a Facebook Live test 45 minutes ago. It's had over 50 views so far and probably 25 or 30 comments. It it was incredible. Did it with XSplit. You know, I'm not sure you know how Facebook Live is going to do I think Facebook Live is going to be huge, and I know we broadcast on YouTube and everything, and you can do YouTube Live on XSplit as well. But I was amazed at the engagement that I immediately got, including somebody that was my, a little neighborhood girl across the street from where we used to live in Miami, Florida. I'm thinking, Cindy, what are you doing here? <laughs> so pretty cool. Uh, You know, we've talked before that, uh, you know, uh, when Facebook uh, introduced Facebook Live, it pretty much killed Periscope and Meerkat just overnight, you know. And uh, and I've only played with it, but I'm I'm seeing a lot of people use it and use it well. These aren't people that I would describe as techie people either. Uh, yeah. So, so I think I think that uh, Facebook Live is. Uh, I, I think Facebook has a winner there. I really do. 
Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Let's get on with uh, tonight's topic discussions. Let's let's start with uh, you know last week uh, Glenn and I got into a discussion about the the Motorola Atrix and the peripherals that were introduced with with that way back when that was several years ago uh, I think that was Froyo is what the Atrix was introduced with anyway we got to talking about this uh, the mods that Motorola was supposed to introduce with the the Moto Z, and we talked about that, you know, the success or failure would be how these mods were priced. So we just learned yesterday, as a matter of fact, that one of the mods is a projector. It's $300. One is a sound boost from JBL. It's $80. The Tumi Power Pack, which is an extended battery, is ninety dollars the wireless charging power pack is one hundred dollars and the kate spade shell is eighty dollars okay so uh here's what i'm thinking guys you know i go out and i lay down money for a phone and then i go out and i spend five hundred additional dollars for these excellent peripherals and then two years from now, the phone breaks, and I go to buy yet another Moto. You know, by this time, it'll probably be the ZXT or the ZXL, okay? The ZX1, come yeah. on. Yeah, but but these peripherals that I bought for the Moto Z, how much you want to bet they're not compatible, okay? So, so knowing what I know, uh, now, now don't get me wrong. Uh, I have really no need for a projector, but I will tell you if I could buy a pretty cool projector for I don't know, eighty nine, ninety nine bucks maybe, eventually. But what I'm trying to get at here is if it's forty or fifty dollars, I might be willing. But when we're talking about eighty, ninety, one hundred dollars for for an add-on module, no, I'm 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 sorry, Bruce, jump in here, man. I'm dying to know what you think of this. Well, they're all they're all too expensive, and and for the for the reason that you mentioned too, you know, compatibility, backwards compatibility, and all that. But who would spend three hundred dollars for a fifty lumens projector? I mean, the only t- place I could watch it would be inside my closet on a dark night. I mean, I mean, f- fifty lumens is squat. Three hundred lumens is squat. Yeah, well, and the projector is like on the back, so you have to kind of set up your movie, flip it over, put up the projector, put the put the phone down upside down on something, and you can't really control it after that. Yeah, and you know a JBL booster. I mean, how many of these Bluetooth speakers can you get on Amazon for a lot less money? And how many times? How often do you use them? Okay, now I may use it if I go to the beach and I want to set it on a picnic table so everybody can listen. But not everybody wants to listen to your music all the time. I don't know. I just I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of all this modular stuff. So, I thought you brought a guitar to the beach. Oh, I do. Uh, I'm just saying. So, uh, so Robert, uh, if this was Apple mods to an iPhone. Would these prices go for Apple users? I, I think the Apple fanboys wouldn't blink an eye. They're used to paying premium price for stuff. So I don't think that would be an issue at all. Jeff? 
What's your thoughts, well, man? I'm with Bruce on this. I have a, you know, and I, you know, since I don't spend money anyways, I wouldn't spend a dime in any of this stuff, you know. Um, and you know, if you're going to get any of this, you might as well get something that's you can use on all your devices. Uh-huh. Like if you want to get a, a, a projector, let's get a good one, spend a, a decent amount of money, and then have it be some kind of USB kind of Chromecast HDMI thing that you can use anything on it, right? So some HDMI output. Uh, so that's how I would do it. And you know the Kate Spade uh, shell for only eighty dollars. You know my purse cost at least three fifty. So come on, this is even this is a steal for that much uh, Kate Spade stuff. So no, it would be a big 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 goose egg for me. Hi George. Yeah. Uh, just just a second, Bruce. Let me ask George something here. You know, uh, Google's got Project Era. That's their module, modular phone. Uh, we're seeing LG try modular, and, you know, Motorola. I, I, I really hate to call these mods because they're more just things that clip onto the back of the phone. Motorola's calling them mods. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is... is uh, I mean, thus far, what I've seen is uh, this is kind of like 3D TV. Yeah, you can do it, and you can try to sell it to me, but uh, fat chance. And uh, uh, what's your thoughts here? I mean, is this the future? Um, I think they think it's the future. Um, And it may be. It may end up being the future. But I've over the last three years, I've seen um, Kickstarters that, did the exact same thing, and and they were popular for Kickstarters, but they never got past that. We'll say the pebble stage where they got off a of Kickstarter and they were selling stuff like crazy out there, or you were seeing it in stores. So, um, Google has the potential of pushing it out there, but then again, Google abandons stuff all the time too. So, okay, fair enough, Bruce. What was on your mind, brother? Well, what was on my mind? Remember when they came out? I don't know what's going on with Motorola. When they came out with these little earbuds called the Motorola Hint? Yep, yep. Well, now they're announcing an even more expensive one. The 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 Hint was 130 bucks. You know, you can go and buy these Colex on uh, or something else on Amazon for 30 or 40 dollars, and the quality is just really great. I I just don't I, I don't. I don't understand. Did they do their research on this stuff before they started cranking it out? No, we just throw things at the wall and see if something sticks to decide whether we should go. You know, that that really is the mentality with most phone manufacturers now. Hey, we'll toss it in. We'll see if somebody bites, you know, and, and you know, that, that's just the way it is. It's like LG with the different clip-on stuff that you can. I, I don't think anyone purchased any of that stuff. I, you know, I certainly wouldn't. You know, so um, well, what, what, yeah. What would make not, you? What would make you purchase it, Jeff? I mean, it, obviously there there's some appeal there to a modular phone to be able to add things on and expand it. Uh, what, what would you know entice you? The only thing that entices me is you know switching out the battery. Or in switching out the camera some strange way. Other than that, that would be it, you know, um, because there's no need. And and as battery life is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and better, there's, you know, I mean, how much power do you need to go through the day and 
do the things you need to do because normally you charge your phone, you know, quick charge for 20 minutes a day, and that seems to be the the answer, right? So um, I don't think I need that many mods. Maybe the camera at the most, some kind of thing to you know make a telephoto or something. Or so. So going back to the '60s, we're not part of the mod squad, are we? No. I, I don't think we are. Or that really bad '90s movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I don't, I'm probably the only one that remembers this, but there was a comic strip called Family Circle. Oh, and, I remember. And Lois, the housewife, uh, they drew in a Kate Spade bag on one of her cartoons, and I guess you know people were calling in saying that's a, like an $800 bag. What is she doing with this? You know, it's like so stupid, right? So uh, I don't know why I brought that up. I showed you how old I am, but but yeah, I wouldn't get any of this stuff. Wouldn't do it. All right. Hey, guys, listen, man, uh, I, I didn't see this one coming. If there were rumors out there, I totally missed them. Microsoft has purchased LinkedIn, okay? Yeah. Uh, everyone knows that, you know, LinkedIn is a, uh, it's a social network for business. It allows you to uh, communicate and get in touch with uh uh, people, maybe you're an expert in something. Uh, people can, uh, uh, there's ways that it can, you know, they can brag on you. I personally think LinkedIn's interface is just, I think it's butt ugly. I, I really do. Uh, I don't find it an attractive network. And, you know, they've had a lot of security issues, so I got to joke today that, uh, you know, that was a perfect fit for Microsoft because both of them had, you know, they just get hacked all the time. Uh, but my question, seriously, to the panel, somebody step up. What what does LinkedIn do for Microsoft? What's what is Microsoft's end game now that they have made this twenty six point two billion dollar purchase of LinkedIn? Influence well, decision makers. Uh, I think there's something a little bit more specific than that. What is Microsoft's social network before LinkedIn? So.co? Yeah, social. <laughs> Nobody uses it. No. I don't even use LinkedIn, and I've got 300 and plus followers, maybe more. And I, I've never posted on LinkedIn. <laughs> but you have an account there. I have an account. I've had an account there probably since LinkedIn started. So My, so, my biggest gripe with LinkedIn is they bought Pulse News which was my favorite newsreader, and literally ruined it, okay? I mean, it went from me picking the news articles that I wanted to see, and they picked them for me, and I had no say-so in it. So, I mean, you know, uh, listen, guys, I'm almost 60 years old. I'm I'm ending, I'm near the end of my career, okay? LinkedIn is not, yes, I've got an account, Robert, okay? You can point that out, but but I don't do anything with LinkedIn. And when LinkedIn tells me that that guy Cook, you know, gave me an attaboy for uh, process chemistry, <laughs> I pretty much ignore it because I don't care that somebody recognized me for a skill, okay? And... I, don't get me wrong. This is me personally. I, I see a bigger picture there for others. But uh, 
you know, a lot of people in the last two days are really buzzing about this purchase. And I just don't see how LinkedIn is some sort of, uh, I mean, other than the fact that Microsoft has their data of, you know, all of these professionals, I just don't see $26.2 billion worth, is my opinion. Yeah, but maybe they're looking for somebody to help out their phone program, and they need to have a database of people to choose from. Can we have a moment of silence for LinkedIn and for Microsoft as they've made this horrible, horrible purchase? I mean, I have LinkedIn, but you know how many times I look at it? I look at it sometimes when they, when they, I get an email that says, Guy Cook promoted me for something. <laughs> the only time I look at it, and, and the weird thing is, it's because uh, I don't get these all the time, but um, recruiters hit you up all the time on there. I mean, I always get stuff from recruiters like, hey, we got stuff in the Jacksonville or Charlotte area. Would you yeah. like a, a job or something? Yeah, it's people, usually like crap. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. This chemical company in, uh, you know, Alaska is looking for someone with your skills. I get that, you know. Like like I say, like I'm interested in a job like that. Uh, yeah. I, I guess my next question, and this is the most important question, is... Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Does Google need to do something similar? Do they need to go out here now and buy something like Slack? Or why? Well, uh, I, I'll tell you what. Ask Recode.net because basically, they're this is what they're saying: is that Microsoft's LinkedIn purchase is putting pressure on Google to respond. And I'm sorry, I just don't see this as critical just to have some sort of a professional database like this. Yeah, I don't I don't think they need to respond. That's just me. And I th also, I don't think that Microsoft, Microsoft paid 50% more than what the stock was worth to buy LinkedIn. And, um, you know... They have to make money on it, well, so they and, probably have know, an idea of what my, they want to do. But I don't think Google has to respond. LinkedIn employees are happy. They just yeah, I'm sure they oh, yeah. became super rich. Are, but, is this like Verizon shopping for Yahoo? What do they want, just uh, the data? Well, hey, guys, let's face it, man. Microsoft knows what they're doing when it comes to acquisitions. Just ask Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> Start the music again, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> I already closed that tab. Let's do a funeral procession. For uh, I, I I don't know. Listen, I'm uh, I'm, well, I'm no expert in, in matters such as these, but I just don't understand why this acquisition is is so important to to Microsoft and why people think that Google has to respond to this. I just I, I'm just I'm sorry. I, I'm missing this totally. So do I. But think of Google and Motorola, right? You know, they they responded to something. They thought they had to do something, and then what happened? They, you know, they got rid of it. It's not their core business. But but they hung on to certain patents. See, it wasn't about owning Motorola for Motorola's sake. It was to have their hands on some of Motorola's technology patents. That when they sold Motorola to uh, Lenovo, those patents did not go with. Yeah, so, but 
you know, I, it's, I'm sure they didn't get the same value for what they, they purchased it for, you know. But, you know, you're probably right. It was more protection-oriented, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, this doesn't seem protection to me. It seems uh, a, a uh, they're, they're, they believe there's some kind of strange synergy there, and they're going to benefit from it. And maybe they will, but I, you know, I... They had $26 billion collecting dust they needed to do something with. What the heck? Exactly. They didn't want to buy Ma- Mambia, so. Well, hey, I, listen, I'm, I'm going to be watching this closely, and I promise you if something moves in either direction on this, uh, I want to bring it back here to the panel and let's discuss it because uh, oh. uh, I, I'm just not seeing the big picture on this, Jeff. I've never had a LinkedIn account. Well, listen, you don't tweet either, so. You know, really? And, and you defend iOS. What are you even doing on this show? Hey, man, they had a big, they had a big, 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 oh, big, 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 big. Duke, look okay, what you Hold them down. Hold them down. I'm yeah. strangling them. Open that can of worms, didn't you? <laughs> you had to do it. All right. Hey, Jeff, let's talk about it, man. Uh, first of all, did you watch it, Jeff? I only watched the, uh, you know, from the show notes, what you what you passed on? No, I didn't watch the the event live. Yeah, and, and but, I didn't uh, watch it either. I really wanted to, uh, but uh, uh, listen, just looking over what I put for your show notes, it looks like uh, I'm sorry, but it reminded me a whole lot of Google's developer conference in that they they addressed a whole lot of their shortcomings where Google was excelling. And yeah. uh, it, listen, I, I, there wasn't anything groundbreaking that came out of it, but uh, uh, a lot of people seem to think that uh, you know uh, you're going to be able to use Siri everywhere. They're opening it up to third-party developers, and really, you know, we've talked in the past about the advantage that Google has with Google Now over Siri because of the privacy, the way they address privacy. And open it up to third parties might be Siri saving grace. It won't be Apple that really pushes Siri. It will be those developers who uh, don't view privacy like Apple does. Uh, would you all agree or disagree with me? I, I would tend to agree. Uh, but I'll, I'll step back one thing you said. might be Siri saving grace. I think it's Siri's only saving grace at this point. They are very far behind Google in both AI and in development, and the end result is is they need to do something more than just within themselves to boost Siri's application. The only way you can do that is make it available for developers to take advantage of. Yeah, that's it. And they will. I mean, I uh, Jeff, wait, you've you've lost volume, brother. If you want to boost up your volume, and while he's doing that, Bruce, you got something you want to say? Yeah. Get off Windows. <laughs> wow. Back? No. No. No, you're no, not. You're not no. back, Jeff. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, guys. Are you on a Mac? Are you on a Mac, Jeff? No. If he was, it probably were. Well, I think uh, I think somewhere someone is uh, trying to influence my USB card. It's um, me. It's me. But but I just want to say that uh, you know they announced. Two million apps on the on the um, their app store, right? And those are all developers. 
and they're all going to jump on the Siri side. Uh, it's you know it's about time, and um, I think they're 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 poised to make a move. Definitely poised to make a move. Apple. I don't think they're making the move though. That's what I think is critical here. It's not Apple making the move. It's the developers. Yeah. Agreed, but I mean that's the way to do it, right? That is, it is, and it's a big change from Apple's previous stance that we are going to hold all the cards. We'll dole out a little bit. When it comes to Siri, them opening it up for developers as full fledged as they've promised means a big, big shift in thought processes at Apple. I'll tell you, what I thought was one of the bigger announcements to come out of this, guys, was the fact that uh, Apple Pay is coming to the way of, listen, I know my wife and I, we we pay all of our bills online, okay? Uh, I, I do like cash. I, I like to pay cash when I buy my lunch every day, okay? But for any of my major bills, I've been paying through my bank. And I think that the fact that Apple Pay Pay is going to the web, and people will be able to pay through Apple Pay. They're already using it, you know, at the checkout counter. Uh, I I think this is a pretty big, pretty bold move for uh, Apple Pay, and uh, that's uh, pretty powerful stuff for Apple Inc. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... uh... I think Android Pay, Samsung Pay, uh, you know, ought to ought to throw in on this uh, idea as well. You know, they will. They'll have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have to respond. Yeah. Something like that. I think they they do have to respond, right? They yeah. they they need to do it. And it's the same thing. You know, when you look at um, the rest of the conference, when the, most of their products kind of like like Duke said came up to kind of Google standards a little bit, right? So um, they, you know, their navigation stuff improved, the maps, mapping improved. There was a lot, lots of improvements across the board. And what I did like about it, they said, you know, this is going to be in the fall, right? It's And most, most everything they announced was available now to developers, which is very cool for those people that care about that. And, um, you know, then like a pre-beta in July and then out to everybody in the fall. How perfect is that? Absolutely. Hey, really quick. I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend time uh, uh, discussing all of the announcements that came out, but I, I am going to mention some. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, Apple Watch is going to get faster. It adds new features. We got uh, Watch OS three. That's uh, bringing bringing a lot of updates. Uh, supposedly seven times faster than the previous OS, so that ought to make anybody who bought an Apple Watch and spent $600 for it, that ought to make them feel really, really good that uh, the next one is going to be that much faster. Uh, Of course, iOS is getting a a whole bunch of updates. Uh, You're getting a complete redesign for music and maps. Uh, (coughs) Maps is going to be better on, (coughs) excuse me, uh, navigation, of course, uh, apps that support subscriptions. Uh, this had leaked before WWDC, and it's probably a good thing all in all for uh, people who like uh, subscriptions, uh, magazines, so forth, etc. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
course, uh, messages got a uh, makeover, but probably, uh, and this was one of the bigger announcements, uh, it sounds like Apple did a pretty good job of creating Google Photos. The big difference here is that with Google Photos, they're uploaded to the web, and when they're in the cloud, that's when Google performs its magic. Because here again, Apple and their privacy uh, and their approach to it, all of the processing takes place on the phone or tablet before the photo is uploaded to the cloud. And I found this pretty interesting. But it does sound that even though it's on the device versus the cloud, Apple did a very good job of addressing the very popular Google Photos. Yeah, I, they did. The more categorizing of photos, basically. Hey, okay, so. listen. There's there's more, but we're going to see most of this in the file. And I think we're also going to get a refresh on MacBooks, which I think is uh, severely needed. Don't hold me to this, but I don't think we've seen a MacBook Air update since 2013, guys. Uh, don't yeah. don't hold me to it because I'm I'm not an Apple guy, but I'm thinking it's been a long time since they've refreshed those laptops. Yeah, it's called Mac OS. What a difference! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, any anything else that you guys want to comment? Uh, if not, uh, I'm going to try to move back into some Google Android news. Please. It's called Android Journal for a reason. Yeah. It's not iOS Journal. You need to fire that, Jeff. This hey, is an Android show. A, any Apple products? Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey guys. Uh, this is the discussion topic for this evening, and I'm hoping it will generate some discussion on this panel. Uh there's been a lot of speculation. Let me back up. I don't want to start there. Google, Oracle sued Google because they, Oracle said that basically Google ripped them off by using some of the same Java code that ended up in Android. And what makes this stupid is that when all that happened, Google didn't, or I'm sorry, Oracle didn't even own that software, okay? At the time, it was open source. Long story short, after a lot of court and journalists writing word after word after word after word after word, Google won. This has led to a lot of speculation that Google now is set to release its own proprietary Android software. And forget about a handset alliance. Forget about partnering with Samsung and LG and HTC that Google now is in position to do its own thing. And by doing its own thing, it will be more like Apple in that it can control the software and the hardware and it can make its own device, and it doesn't need any other Android partner. Uh, Robert, good idea or a bad idea? Well, 
I can see both sides of the equation here. Um, on, on the good side, it means that Google controls and can update, and everything's going to work at the same standard. We're not going to have LG's version versus Samsung's version versus Motorola's version. We, we could see benefits there. The bad side of that is almost the same thing because now Google is holding the cards. The same thing that we bash Apple over of being so restrictive, now they can be restrictive and that would inhibit, inhibit development and manufacturers from releasing the device because now it's not design your own hardware and here take this code, modify it to fit what you want. It's you want to use our code, you're going to pay us for it, and you're going to have to make it work this way. So that's going to slow down some folks. Uh, hey, George, good idea or a bad idea? You're an open source guy, man. Uh, you, you believe in everything should be open. Microsoft is evil. What do you think, man? Should Google do this? Not at all, actually. Um, <laughs> I understand that they, they've been giving away the OS for, for ages, and it is Linux-based, so technically there is some portion of it that will always be open source, no matter what Google wants to do with it. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't see this, this lasting. I don't see this. I don't know. Companies are going to want to do their own thing with it, and, and it's... They're just like, well, we're not going to use that. We'll just use this vanilla one you, you're handing. I, I read this morning some speculation that Samsung was going to move totally to Tizen and and not even use uh, the OS that that Google's been giving them. Uh, would that, if if Samsung went totally Tizen, which, you know, it's their company, they're right, uh, would that change anyone's opinion so far? I don't think they'll do it because I'm so tied in. I like you said, Google Photos, you know, the cloud storage, automatic, all those features just kind of go away unless um, there's some app that they allow to take place to move over from their operating system up into Google's. But to get back to the other argument real quick, I think that it's a good idea that they do it. I think it's more like Microsoft. You know, where you have a operating system that runs off several different hardware, he he, and you control the the operating system, so you can you so it can be released and thrown out there quicker and faster. As so, long as the manufacturer adheres to the standards. Yeah, well, they'll they'll have to, right? Okay, we're forgetting something really important, extremely important in this discussion, and that is the carriers. You can't leave the carriers out. The carriers are in business. They want margin on these devices, and you know wh whether or not this is a good thing or not, you, you, you cannot make your decision without keeping in knowledge not only the, the manufacturers, but the carriers who are going to offer these phones or not offer these phones. Yeah, that's true to a degree, but I mean that's how Android Android got to where it is by allowing all manufacturers to develop to it or have it, right? Well, Would everyone was, agree to that? Yes, uh, they they did do that. Yeah, so now they now they have you know a lion's share of the mar of the market, at least to say 50% or whatever the, the number is. Um, and the big dig about them is you know the, the fractionalized 
um, systems out there from you know different disparate systems from different operating systems and things like that. It's all fractionalized. When they want to make an update, it takes forever. Not everyone gets it and things like that. So if they can somehow, for a low cost or no cost, pl place an operating system that only they – um, you know that everyone has to write hardware specs or has it in such a way that it's you know that layer is complete and everyone can can code to it and then everything else is outside all the hardware is outside. I think it's a win-win. I really do, and everything remains the same. It's just that the updates go out faster, things get you know easier to support. The, the while while I agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, that support ain't gonna go out faster for LG and HTC. I, I mean, you know, Google's giving them the code now. I, hey, man, Marshmallow, Marshmallow's been out a year, and it's it's barely running on ten percent of all devices. Okay, and that's uh, because they all tweak the code. Exactly, exactly. What what changes about that if Google says, hey? We're making now. We're going to make an Android that's ours. This yeah. is ours. It, it'll be, you know, maybe it'll be the the Android Nexus version, okay? But and then they're given another version that you know uh, is uh, supported by by these other manufacturers. That didn't work before. It didn't. You know, it didn't take the Nexus line and have it explode, right? The pure pure vanilla. Uh, Android experience didn't really take off like everyone thought it would. But it's the same thing. You're talking about the same exact thing, right? Except, I don't think you know. so. And I would also attribute this the same way Microsoft updates its OS independent of Compaq, HP, Dell, whomever. Google, you can guarantee in their their released to the manufacturers and telling them this is the spec that you must match is going to have it so that they cannot prevent the device from being upgraded by Google's OS. So I do believe that, and this is the positive, that we will get more complete updates in a more timely fashion because you remove the manufacturers from the device update feature. And the same thing for the carriers. I honestly believe that it is not the hardware manufacturers that slow down the release of updates. It's the carriers. You're exactly right. Yep. So, so uh, right now with Apple, if, uh, if, if uh, Apple has an update, that is immediately pushed to an iPhone by Apple. It's not pushed by AT&T and T-Mobile. It's pushed by Apple. Exactly. This would allow Google to do the same thing. <clears throat> well, they're already doing it. Google pushes their Nexus, their their Android, <coughs> excuse me, their Android updates to my Nexus right now. Okay. But Bruce, you're getting your Samsung updates through AT&T. Correct. So there's some advantages there, obviously, for an end user. It's going to allow Google to better control 
the software update experience because right now it sucks, guys. I mean, we're getting ready to get the end version of Android, and we're just running 10% on the M version. So, I, I mean, uh, listen, I can but see Google getting sick. Go ahead, Robert. I, I got to stop you, Duke, but isn't that 10% partly, and I'm not defending wholeheartedly because I think that number is pitiful, but isn't that partly because we've reached market saturation and that there are so many phones out there that are still in operation that can't, from a hardware perspective, run Marshmallow. I think the bigger issue is is that nobody wants to do the R&D to update the phones because they sold them bare bones anyway, okay? They sold them as cheap as they can sell them. And there's no money in upgrading your phone to a better experience when they can sell you another phone with a new operating system. I really do think that's the bigger issue. I think that's part of it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that point. It's definitely... Uh, I need an, I need my MTV. I need those you know, televisions and it's just... But with Dire Straits song, man. But, you know, with that said, you know, I've pointed out many times, I pointed it out last week. I've got an iPad 2 sitting right over here. Uh, just a second, and I'll get you there. Got an iPad 2 sitting right here that's still getting updates from Apple pushed to it. Okay? That's an iPad 2. It's five years old, guys. And it's still getting updates pushed to it. Okay? Google, block, there, is, there is not a Google phone out there that can make that claim. There's not a Google tablet out there that can make that claim. Yeah. All right. Hey, man. Uh, George, you've been pretty silent on this. You want to weigh in? Nah, not really. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see this going too much further. I, I see it as something that's going to get dropped eventually. So There's so, too many third-party and other manufacturers using you know, straight-out Android. So. All right. Hey, guys, really, really quick, before we move into the share segment, there's a couple of things I want to share with you. First of all, there's a deal. Uh, it's a deal that I still can't afford. You know, they can they can mark 60% off a of, off of Mercedes, and I still can't buy it. Uh, hey, but Huawei makes what is considered to be the top-of-the-line Android Wear watch. And for Father's Day, we're talking some pretty good discounts, man. A, uh, as much, as much as $220 off certain brands. Of course, that still brings that price. That $220 off still brings it down to about $600. But, hey, if you've been looking at the Huawei Android Wear watch, uh, you might want to jump on this. It's I'm talking Amazon, Newegg, Best Buy, uh, B&H, and the Google Store depending on which, uh, if you just get the stainless one, and I'm not even sure what that's priced at, we're only looking at $20 off. But if you're getting uh, no, that... It's the stainless steel one is $100 off. Uh, 
the stainless steel mesh is a twenty dollar discount. Yeah, no, it's a hundred. The stainless steel mesh is a twenty dollar discount. Well, let me just say, as the oldest oh, member of the Android Journal crew, uh, I, and and hence the fatherly figure of the, the show, if you guys want to do a collection and get one of these for me, I would I would enjoy it. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. No way, man. Pebble's the only way to fly. Duke, you are correct. The stainless steel link band is $100 off. Yes, yes. And the mesh is $20. And and the gold metal link is the one that's discounted $220. But, yeah, just if you're getting just the stainless with the mesh, it's only $20. But, hey, that's $20. All right, hey, guys. Really, really quick, we are Tech and Coffee, and we've been doing this podcast now for quite a while. We call it Android Journal. We love to talk about Google and Android, and uh, we uh, sometimes we'll even put down Apple and Microsoft. Hey, uh, we got a Twitter and a Facebook page. Hey, check us out at Tech and Coffee One. Our YouTube page is Tech and Coffee. Nobody uses it, but it's still our favorite social network. It's Google+. Plus. Search for Tech and Coffee. Look for that TNC logo. This podcast can be found at Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Player FM. And, hey, anytime you want to tweet to us or uh, talk to us on social media, use that hashtag, Tech and Coffee. Questions, comments, and snide remarks, email them to us, aj at techandcoffee.info. Hey, man, you got a question? You got something to say over something we've said? Uh, Do a video. We'll play the video here right on air. So with that said, guys, let's move into our share segment. And Bruce, as always, I see you on the end, so if you don't care, let's start it, brother. Absolutely. So I I love watching YouTube videos. I've been watching more YouTube videos in the last year than I have in the last three or four years. Uh, I I enjoy developing my own YouTube channel. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos to learn what I can about creating YouTube videos and, you know, the hardware and the template and the design and all that kind of stuff. So, and I fly. And so I was looking for an app where I could download YouTube videos and watch while I'm on the plane. So you've probably used YouTube Downloader. You can find that. Uh, you know, I've got a YouTube Downloader program on my Windows 10 machine, so I can download YouTube videos that way. Um, and if you go to the Google Play Store and you and you search using the term YouTube Downloader, there are just dozens and dozens and dozens. And I tried some of those. Most of them are free and ad supported. But then I heard about one uh, from from a developer for XDA. If you're an Android person or a smartphone person, you know XDA Development Website is a really great resource. And so if you will Google YouTube Downloader and then XDA, you'll find some information about a, a senior member uh, who has created a really great YouTube Downloader app for Android. Now, you won't find this in the Play Store. You're going to have to change your security settings on the phone to be able to sideload uh, this app. And so, uh, but I, I, I trust this guy. It's a great app. I've been using it. And so, let me let me just kind of show you a little bit about the app. 
So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and share my screen with you. This is YouTube Downloader. And um, I've already done a search for Android Journal, as you can see, and I found uh, this episode here. Look, ep this episode's got uh, this episode's got Jeff on, on the thumbnail, Jeff. And um, so, what you can do now? I've already downloaded this one, so let me go back to the search and let's look at episode 113. And uh, so, if I want to download this app, I just tap on the uh, the 720p version, and uh, and I can click download here. And it will it will start downloading, and you can see a number of them I downloaded. Now the one that I'm talking about right now is this one, the second one from the top, and it says in progress. Because that's 650 uh, uh, megabytes, I'm not going to continue downloading that. But um, you can um, tap on these videos. This happens to be a Casey Neistat video, and you can click open. And you can choose whichever one of your video playing apps that you have. I'm going to use the video player, and, and it's going to start playing the video app. So I'm going to go ahead and pause that. But let me tell you something that I like about, about this. Once you download this app, you don't really have to necessarily use this, the app itself to search for. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to, go to YouTube. And uh, when you go to YouTube and you find a video that you like, um, let's say, um, let's say, uh, here's, check out my retractable, ba retract retractable bathroom. That, that sounds interesting, right? So on YouTube, on your phone, you tap those little three dots and you click share. Now, normally you're going to share this to, you know, somebody on email or, you know, a hangout message. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see that YouTube Downloader now shows up as somebody I can share to. So when I click on that, it immediately takes me to the app, and now I can tap on the 720p version. It's 62 uh, megabytes, and so now that's downloading. So what I did was I had 24 Casey Neistat videos download. Now you can set this to where you only download on Wi-Fi. I suggest you do that because you don't want to eat up a lot of your bandwidth. Uh, so I had all these, and I, I must have watched three or four of them on my flight from Lynchburg to Charlotte, and then I watched another five or six. It really helped pass the time from Charlotte to Melbourne, and then I watched some coming back. So if you want to watch uh, YouTube videos, maybe you're on a hiking trip or you're on a camping trip, download a bunch of stuff, and, uh, and then you can watch them when you don't have any Wi-Fi. So it's pretty cool. You can, can you download it. Can you get it? Can you direct it to a certain directory to save them where they're downloaded, or do they go into you your videos folder? You can. I've, I've got all mine going to a movies folder that I created on my 64 gigabit SD card. Excellent. Very yep. good. I like that app, Bruce. like it a lot. George, you got anything, man? No, but I do have something to, to respond to with Bruce. On my Kindle, I can use my Amazon Prime and download a crap ton of movies and watch them on a plane. Much more interesting than some YouTube channels, unless it's us. That is true, and I will have to say, uh, you know, uh, your your before last uh, was uh, we were going to uh, Orlando, and uh, I did. I downloaded several movies for my granddaughter, and when I say several, I I think I downloaded eight or nine, and I think in the week's time she watched every one of them, and maybe one or two of them twice. 
So, uh, absolutely. But I do. I like that app quite a bit. And, Jeff, I don't believe you have an app tonight, do you, buddy? No. I'm selling my RV, so I had to get that ready. You know, so, no I'll tell you app what, Jeff, man, you, you like Apple. And, and I'm, I'm telling what are you even doing on this show? I'm telling you, you don't even bring apps. You're killing me, man. Just kidding you, Jeff. Just kidding you, buddy. Robert, what do you got, man? Oh, man, I got something a little bit fun. I was going to do the Amazon uh, Fire Stick review tonight. But I think I'm going to pass. I just got back from vacation. And forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I got to give a shout out to a competitor hotel, one that I've never stayed at. Um, I'm sure you all have probably heard about it, Brewery Inn and Suites. Very nice hotel, very reasonably priced. But my sin is, is I walked out with some of their key cards. Not on purpose. It was an accident. But one of the things that was interesting about this, and, and again, I, I do highly recommend Drury Inn and Suites. If you're going to be traveling, definitely stop uh, and consider them as your uh, place to stay. It was very good. They're very up-to-date, and their key, you'll notice, does not have a magnetic stripe on the back. What does it mean? This key is an NFC tag. So being sort of the gray hat hacker that I am, I wanted to read the code of this key and see what I could see. And sure enough, I have an app that allows you not only to read it, but also, since I happen to have accidentally walked out with four of the keys, <laughs> You can repurpose these keys using a software package called Retag. It's available in the Google Play Store. It will read the key and will allow you to reuse this key for something else. Now, let me say this for security. Cannot write to these keys. These keys are absolutely positively um, locked. And not, uh, you can't see any personal information, I guess I should say. But with Retag, you can actually use the key and to say, I want this key to do something. So I'm going to open up my phone. Your phone does have to have NFC on it and has to be opened. It will not work if it's closed. But I just hold the key up to the phone. Click retag, and you will notice that Pandora is starting with my hotel key. I thought this was the coolest thing ever that these Wi-Fi tags uh, or NFC tags could actually be repurposed. So then I decided to be a little bit more gray hackerish. You know those little tags they put on clothes so that you don't steal them out of the store? Guess what? They're NFC tags. You can reuse those. Boxes that have the NFC tag inside, you can reuse those. So you don't have to buy NFC tags to use NFC on your phone. You can actually reuse those little tags inside the boxes, the tags off the clothes, 
or hotel key cards from Drury Inn and Suites. That's my app for tonight. Go into the Google Play Store, find it under NFC Retag. They do have a pro edition for $2.99 that will allow you to do a little bit more, but I find the free version works just great. So, Homeland Security, how can we help you? <laughs> so, wait, wait, let, let me ask a question here. You can't write to them, so you're basically taking the code that's already on it and telling it to do something else with it. That is correct. It actually reads the serial tag of the key and stores it in an internal database on your device. And when it sees that device up on, uh, I just started it again. Uh, when it sees that tag, that serial key, you can tell it start an app, turn on Wi-Fi, turn on Bluetooth, right. tell it to do anything. Right, here's the gray hat in me again, going with what you just did. I've used NFC Retag. In fact, I, I have it on my Nexus device. But um, what you could technically do is say somebody's at a counter somewhere, you could place your phone with a C retag, copy the tag, take something like this, <laughs> which is a highly writable NFC. George, I wasn't going to go there, George. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You could technically very easily copy somebody's key card and get in their room. That's, that's true. The lesson learned there is, be careful with your key cards. Don't yeah, don't, you don't want you don't want people like me around. <laughs> well, you know. Exactly. All right, very good. Well, I had a demo all set up, and for some reason that's crashed on me. But my app this week was Watchmaker Live Wallpaper. Now, Watchmaker is an app that allows you to build and customize your own watch face. It's a very powerful app, very cool app. And, uh, I mean, uh, there's a very large community on Google Plus that uh, is constantly building these uh, watch apps and sharing them. And also, uh, Face, face Repo is a website that you can go and, there's, there's other watches out there by, by other app makers, but uh, it's just it's a great way for you to, uh, instead of building your own, you can find ones that others have built, and if you want to tweak them, you can. But, but the, uh, what's really cool is Watchmaker now has built an app that allows you to make live wallpaper on your phone you basically you open up any watchmaker app and it will ask you do you want to set it as wallpaper and you can set it as wallpaper you can add a background you can see this was uh the what i've got up here was a watch that was designed in watchmaker and this was a background image that you can add to this. And I wanted so much to demo how easy it is to take these watch faces and make wallpaper such as this. However, uh, like I say, my, my watchmaker wallpaper app has crashed on me. Uh, here's here, But here are some examples. And... The real cool thing about this wallpaper is if uh, if the watch face has animation, 
you see the animation within wallpaper. Now you can do settings to where, you know, you can uh, you can assign how much you want the weather to update, so forth, etc. But a lot of like uh, the the uh, the live stuff where you can push a button on your watch and say launch a weather app. This doesn't happen in live wallpaper. But some of these very beautiful, very well-designed watches that are in Watchmaker do make excellent live wallpaper for your Android device. And uh, it, uh, it, the uh, wallpaper maker is $2 in the store. Uh, I think that it's well worth it for what you get. And like I say, it just, uh, the customizable uh there, there's just it's limitless it's limitless and uh that's another reason why i love android and these are just some examples of the many things you can do with the watchmaker app and adding this live wallpaper app to be able to insert any watch made in watchmaker directly into your android device for live wallpaper all right anything else very cool all right really 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 quick guys we're taking coffee we got a twitter and a facebook catch us at taking coffee one use the hash taking coffee when tweeting or speaking to us hey our youtube channel is taking coffee our favorite social network we might be the only ones using it, but we still love it, guys. Google Plus, search for Tech and Coffee. Look for that TNC logo. Catch this audio podcast on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Player FM. As always, questions, comments, snide remarks, send them to AJ at techandcoffee.info. Panel, I've had a lot of fun tonight. I hope you have. We'll catch you guys in seven. Peace out, gang. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.